0: Welcome back to another episode of the On Shuffle Podcast, beginning now. Welcome back to another episode of the On Shuffle Podcast. I am Daniel. I'm here with Matthew. Yep. What's up, brother?
1: Uh, that has been nothing, nothing much. It's been a good weekend, taking it easy. Nothing exciting. How about
0: yourself? Yep, same, same. Um, as I mentioned last week or week before, uh, coaching youth basketball, doing that. Uh, fun weekend of that. And other than that, man, pretty good. It's been, um, we've had a sickness run through our house, um, and I've been very blessed. I'm the only one who hasn't been sick, so, um, and it seems to be everybody else is on the up and up. So... I uh, feel like I'm hoping I'm on the other side of that as well, uh, out of harm's way. Uh, but man, other than that, just uh, ju- it's just been going, man. Um, everything's good. Good start of the year so far. So I am very blessed, and I cannot complain a bit, um, dude. We had uh, you came up with the topic. You came up with the homework. Um, two great ones, uh, I think. Um, end up being at least at first, uh, I knew one of them was going to be. But uh, what was our homework, brother?
1: Um, yeah, so the homework, so first, first to do, not to do, but first, uh, thing was, uh, I think we announced on the podcast we were going to listen to Travis Scott. Yeah. you see at random, aka Cactus Jack. Did you know that? Uh, yeah, I heard, I have heard that before. <laughs> That's and, awesome. Um, that makes me happy. Um, and also his, uh, birth name, Jacques Webster, the second. Um, yeah, I seen him in inter- with interviews with uh, Nardwar, the you know the famous interviewer. So I've seen so I've seen him, so I've seen him uh, interview him before. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, so again, uh, Travis Scott. Let me get some quick information. He was born in Houston, Texas, in nineteen ninety one. I say most famously, and I, I think he's probably more famous, for, honestly, for what he did outside of music where he dated uh, kylie jenner and has two kids with her for a while according to wikipedia 17 to 23
0: really that's the okay that's the, that's
1: the young that's the youngest of the got it um Kar- the kardashian jenner clan okay um and also most famously i think honestly probably more famous was uh his um i can't remember the actual name of his jordans but he customized like, well, yeah, like customized Jordan ones. I want to say they're cactus or something cactus oriented, mm. but, uh, yeah, he had a lot of collaborations with Nike. Um, he was famous. If you've seen his shoes for, uh, he's famous for turning the Nike logo backwards on, like say a Jordan one, mm. um, and the different color schemes and stuff. But, um, yeah. Um, well, like I said, after looking at his career, he has had obviously a lot of, um, uh, musical success yeah. so you wouldn't you know you want to have any anything like that you know if if it wasn't for uh you know for the for his musical talent so uh, yeah so, yeah so again that was the homework well um,
0: I think it, uh one thing that's interesting and and again I told you last time and I think this was on air but i you know I'm like you I can't remember because sometimes we will pick our homework uh after the fact but um and i and i and I told you I didn't know much about or I didn't know anything about i mean heard his name but I thought it was kind of interesting. His mom, I guess she worked for Apple, but his dad um, was a soul musician. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was his dad, or yeah, it was his dad. And then I guess it was his granddad uh, was a jazz composer. Um, but you know, like I guess, like growing up and when I did, like um, like nineties rappers, like um, they there. I guess there was just a. Uh, a reputation Um, and not not just the rappers, but like any, you know, uh, you had like the outlaw country back in the day and like, but the nineties rap, there was like a, a reputation. And then like to hear like Travis Scott was a big into musical theater in high school. And uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like it's, it seems kind of funny sometimes to me, I guess, um, you know, based off of like just a a generation ago, how rappers were perceived to like, here's a huge rapper today. Oh, he was in musical theater. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's um I guess it's not one of those things that you hear a lot with, you know, rappers or No, it ain't. Um that they have, you know, this experience um uh, working in like say, yeah, you know, like a musical theater a theater background where I don't know, it doesn't seem like it's Honestly, cool.
0: No, and, and see, and, and to that, to but to that, though, Tupac was the same way. Tupac was in poetry and stuff. Um, so, like, don't get it jaded. Tupac also uh, uh, was, you know, kind of had that kind of uh, uh, thing. But, yeah, you're you're exactly right. I guess long and short of it, it just doesn't seem like the hip thing. Uh, based off, like, how we grew up, you know what I mean? Um, you know, if you told me, like, my if my friend uh, did theater, then we, we, you know, we pick on them, uh, a uh, lightheartedly obviously, but we're like, ah, you did theater. Uh, so anyways, kind of interesting, but this is the first time I've listened to him. Have you listened to him before? Uh, not really. No. I mean, just besides just hearing some of his stuff, you know,
1: you know, on the radio or social media mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, um, I have can't say I'll say yeah, the biggest fan, never yeah. really checked out his music. Sure. Um, uh, upon listening to his music, there we go. Um, you know, it's not, I mean, still not my thing, I guess. You know, still at the end of the day, right? I don't know, like, you know, hip hop isn't really something I gravitate to, sure. Or, um, one of those genres of music that I just don't, I mean, nowadays I don't really have any experience in, um, besides podcasts, but like I said, yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I can't say you know, anything, I guess, kind of stuck with me, like, you know, it was, wasn't bad. It just wasn't right. You know, like, so it just wasn't my, like I said, I don't know. It wasn't my thing, I guess
0: it, it's, it's kind of like, to me, it's kind of like, uh, every so often, uh, probably like once every couple of years, I don't know what channel I go to, uh, uh down the streaming internet, uh, uh, cable world, but I'll find like cricket on TV, uh, or, you know, rugby or something like that. And it's like you can watch it and you're like man these people are good at what they do but i it's just not my lane uh you know what i'm saying yeah uh and that's kind of when, when i hear stuff like this like uh to me i will say this i don't know how it goes like as far as like how much involved he is into like um the uh musical part of it i don't know anything about him so you know i know obviously a lot of times you'll have uh musicians who Uh, don't do much but sing and then you got others that are like very famous for like Dr. Dre's really you know uh, famous for obviously doing a lot of his stuff but so I don't know what he's involved in but I will say it's very creative like uh, like how he samples stuff and and uses things yeah Um, like the first song that I I found I went to his most popular song and I guess it's called sicko world or something yeah Um, and uh, I'll be honest with you my first thought is like, man, I bet this is really cool at athletic events. Um, Like this is, this sounds like something that would be a a cool song uh, to play. Um, And he had quite a few kind of like that, uh, that were like pretty unique. Um, But I just not a fan of like these new rappers, like how they sing. Like, it's like they're being quiet. And I noticed he's got a lot of tuner on like his and stuff. And it's like, um or and maybe that's just him i don't know uh, i it seemed to me like it was tuner um but did you get that uh
1: yeah I, yeah a lot of his stuff is like yeah very auto-tuned very you know you know obviously it's kind of i guess this is one of the one of his sounds is not like a i guess some people use auto-tune to to where you don't hear it right but obviously he kind of uses it to where it's part of you know he sounds he wants to sound a certain way with it you know it's kind of one of those things that I like, can tell it's when someone's like heavily auto-tuned kind of like a t-pain or used to be t-pain yeah um but yeah i i, I can't say I, I, i'm a fan of that sound a whole lot at least you know I, I guess sparingly i guess it's not like the whole song or you know every song has that auto-tuned vocal part and i can't say i i'm the biggest fan of that sort of stuff yeah really um like i said um and i guess it's, it's better than mumble rap oh god no gosh no but of course but it's still yeah just like one of those su- sounds you just kind of every song you hear that sound and it's like okay just kind of it almost it doesn't sound the same but then again it does you just kind of don't want to at least for me i don't want to give it a chance i guess when it sounds hot with that effect on all the time
0: yeah i agree i agree And not to get off topic but was it was t-pain the one i think i told you not too long ago like i'd heard one of them rappers doing a cover of tennessee whiskey uh, was it T-Pain? He
1: well, he's probably the most famous now. because, uh, Yeah, because he's... Um, he covered Tennessee whiskey. Yeah. You I don't want to say he covered um, World War, pigs by Black Sabbath. Oh, really? Yeah, evidently. Uh, and funny enough, um, uh, Ozzy saw it and tweeted, um, this is one of the best covers I've ever seen. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you should have invited me or something like that. Oh, wow. That's good. Cool. Uh, um, so yeah, but yeah, because he was famous for having the tuned voice. And yeah, I think he's since then, since he kind of, you know, his popularity died down, he came back as a more just singing natural voice and he's like immensely talented.
0: Well, yeah, well, okay. That was where I was going with it, too, because like I was blown away, like when I hear T-Pain and not that I know a lot about you know, T-Pain, but I think uh he had enough fame at his height uh where uh, you, you kind of knew what his style was with the autotune um but i heard that and if you have it do yourself a favor go check out t-pain's tennessee whiskey it's the weirdest thing because when i saw that i just expected him to be singing in tune. you know but amazing voice good gracious amazing voice um but you know very, very good i'll tell you another one dude uh, i know i'm going way off here but uh uh and, and I, maybe we'll get on this another time. I just want to throw this in here because I know I forget it. Uh, one that uh, I've heard more lately. Um, I've kind of listened to more lately that um, now I understand why he's on every top uh, greatest singer of all time list, but I feel like he should be higher on the list or lower, whichever. No, higher. You say higher. When you're closer to ones higher, right? On these uh, lists.
1: Well, as vice, people you know, use it vice versa.
0: So okay. Whatever, whatever. Well, I thing. feel like Sam Cooke should be closer to number one uh than he usually is on these lists my god what a voice um that's I, I know it's random we're not talking about that but i again i know how my brain works and I'll forget if i don't say it so uh do yourself a favor if you never dug into a sam cook go check it out travis Scott, on the other hand um if you're young and you like rap music i'm sure we don't have to tell you to go listen to him i'm sure you probably like him uh, you don't have to be young but you, you get my drift like i think the the rap's always been a young man's game um and, uh, and if you're into rap, I guess uh, you probably already know about him. You already like him. Um, it's not for me. Uh, but like I said, the best compliment I can give, uh, and I'm trying to be positive here, best compliment I can give is that uh, I can see where some of his songs would be really awesome in like a sporting event, like venue, uh, if you get my sa- what I'm saying. Uh, yes, but um, just don't be in the front row. No, yeah, whoa, Matthew, yeah. whoa, yeah, I had well, I mean, <laughs> you, you went know. there. What was that? i you know, I'll joke aside. What, what was that? Like, what happened? Um,
1: well, I have his Wikipedia still up, so let me at least get that get you know somebody's point of view. Yeah, do that
0: because uh, um, I remember that. That's probably why I so, know his name.
1: Um, okay, so uh, I guess a couple times or uh-huh. maybe. Um, i don't know one of those things that he's done a few times um he wh- while he's been in concert at least a couple of times i guess it's probably having more than once where he's kind of um incited fans to ignore security Ooh. and to rush the stage
0: well that is so not like smart.
1: almost excited you know, inciting it um and uh so that was actually before the that big, you know when people you know died unfortunately yeah
0: um, so he's already doing, it. I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, it was, um, well, at least Wikipedia, 2015, 17, 19. Um, he's kind of, you know, I guess inside, inside it a little bit. Um, and, um, and
0: if you're not familiar, Matt, he's talking about like, there's a situation where, uh, us people, I know at least people, one person died at a Travis Scott concert, uh, based off of, um, i guess this. To, i now i didn't know this was a thing that he did i thought it was just an unfortunate accident and obviously it still was but i'm sure he didn't mean for any anybody to to, to perish these things but i yeah so someone died at one of his concerts and i had no idea that that was a thing that he did that like uh, you know
1: yeah because because uh, i know that was obviously big news um and um like at least i i'll I, if before the homework, I I wouldn't have known it was him. It could have been any any artist, really, right? Any rapper, right? Because um, I knew it was a rapper. I just didn't know who. But um, and I guess part of it the the the, the serious event that I said when people you know died was um, I, 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 just just from reading that. And this is all allegedly. Um, I guess it happened. The crowd started like doing it on their own this time. And instead of stopping the show where people were, people were um, like already getting hurt and stuff, mm-hmm. he guess he didn't stop the concert, or he he mm. probably didn't acknowledge what was going on. He might not have known. And uh, pretty much, it just kind of you know, without him intervening, you know, it happened. Wow. So, uh, so allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah read up on that uh but uh yeah i said but um coming from someone i said for me like that's I said, not a not a fan i know the name um i guess i didn't know how big he was i mean yeah you know he had like his own festival or he did um uh, he hit record label collaborated with nike uh like i said he was obviously dated or i don't think he ever married but dated a you know a jenner you know, <clears> kardashian you know So he was, uh, well, he still is a kind of big deal. I mean, he released an album on, say, uh, this last year. He's worth 90 million. Oh, yeah. I said he's probably with, you know, obviously his musical career, but also, you know, his college, not college, uh, but uh, his uh, endorsements and things like that is probably, um, yeah, he's rich for a reason so
0: i, I I'm, I'm you know i'm probably asking the wrong person but I, you know, I know you're very knowledgeable about a lot of stuff when it comes to music uh, is he canceled now oh uh i mean i hate uh, to even say that obviously i don't yeah. care but you know what i'm saying how the uh, world goes.
1: well i mean because that happened of that event that happened a couple of years ago 21. Uh, um i don't think so I okay and you know i mean he still i mean like i say he didn't break up with kylie until last year okay so it was i mean You know, I, you know, I think with nowadays, maybe as far as people getting canceled, maybe like if you would have said, I don't know, five years ago, someone got canceled, they were like almost shut down for like a long while. Yeah. Nowadays, if you just don't pay attention, it doesn't seem like it doesn't
0: bother you really. Yeah, I get that. Uh, That's a good point. So Matthew, I guess uh, uh, at the end of the day, will you ever, uh, if, if he puts out a new album next week, will you be checking it out? Uh, not really. Okay. No,
1: I mean, you know, I I heard in the past saying, "Yeah, sure," but I want to seek it out. I guess.
0: Yeah, me neither. I I uh, I wish I could say I would, and I, and I wanna I wanna say before I move on, I have no negative things to say about Travis Scott or his music. Um, it's just not my cup of tea. Um, and I, you know, that's just uh, it, it's one of those things where I knew i i had a uh you know i was 99.9 percent sure that i wasn't going to check out something that i would be uh i wasn't going to i wasn't going to become a fan of this um when i checked it out because again it's just not my lane but um you know after listening to it um i was happy that he wasn't one of those kind of uh, singers uh that do the trap singing yeah um but again still still not my cup of tea so um there you have it that's travis scott matthew you had a great idea did we i don't think we covered this on air last week did we about our topic uh no we
1: didn't um like i said one of those things we I guess, talked about or i guess we talked about pretty much right after we decided yeah um and it was a good one but yeah so it was um and let me actually get the information about the a documentary we watched
0: yes um, we're going to be doing a documentary review tonight folks um tune in I guess, yeah
1: review or oh, i guess kind of more of a um reflecting
0: on it we yeah, both
1: watched it yeah definitely you know, reflecting on it uh i said uh probably almost probably more i want to shining a light on it i guess yeah so it's a, it's a documentary called the wrecking crew it was um released in 2008 it's a documentary um by uh, directed by a cat named denny tedesco yep um one of the kids yep so the wrecking crew for those don't, that don't know um was i guess uh, unofficial um very popular uh i guess back in this 50s 60s 70s it was a um session uh, uh not well i guess it's a group of session musicians mm-hmm that were pretty much i guess they were pretty much the, t- the top of the top they yeah the, they're the pinnacle of session musicians so they pretty much played with each other all the time um i think in the in the um in the uh documentary they mentioned that there was probably uh i don't know 20 maybe 20 different of uh, people that were kind of in and out of this group as far as like you know the ones that were allegedly yeah allegedly uh (laughs) seems like like, they didn't know (laughs) yeah yeah, i think just from the 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 documentary because they you know uh well so i guess let me just uh, get through this with so anyway so again the wrecking crew is about this session musicians of how pretty much the the hits they played on that Mm -hmm. they didn't i mean they didn't really get credit for because it's not like on any album rights or anything but um, they're, you know, well-respected and they were I would say very popular fifties through seventies and, um, kind of, I guess they kind of died off probably in the eighties, you know, to, for some of them wasn't nearly as, um, popular, I guess they what well, as they once were, but, uh, anyway, so kind of tells their story a little bit of their background, the hits they played on and the experiences of playing on all these different uh, tracks with all these different, you know, obviously very popular people um so as far as uh so again that's the documentary called the wrecking crew um kind of how you how they broke it down they kind of covered like because it it used pictures used videos of like obviously back in the session days back in the 50s and 60s 70s um it also included like interviews with them i I can't believe it. it said 2008. It looked older than that as far as the interviews with some of these people. Yeah, it did. Um, so it must have been like interviews throughout like the 90s and like maybe the early 2000s. Because um, I noticed some people passed away since they had recorded all the interviews and stuff. But um, so again, Denny uh, Tedesco, the director, he's the son of a famous session, ses- session musician. Um, uh teddy tedesco um like i said they um so again so um kind of some of the more popular names as far as you know who would be involved um i think the one that for me was almost familiar with is a uh, a woman named carol k of course. Was a guitarist and bassist that played on i guess we'll get to maybe some of their some of their highlights maybe later but i we'll talk about just who they are so carol Kay. Um, bassist, guitarist, another bassist name, um, uh, Joe Osborne, uh, drummer Earl Palmer, um, Frank Cap, uh, let me see, um, I think most famously that, I think one of, uh, Tommy Tedesco, I apologize, um, so again, he's a, you know, obviously a session guitarist, part of the Wrecking Crew, right, um, and I think when I, uh, Hal Blaine and a drummer, um, I, I think, and so there's two, I guess, most notable guys that kind of broke away from the wrecking crew and have their own careers. Number one was a cat named Leon Russell was a piano player. I know he was inducted to the hall of fame. Um, I think he's passed since then, but he was inducted to the hall of fame. Uh, let me see here in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, i said he was a uh, piano player he was actually cause i remember watching the the hall of fame he was inducted into um elton john was very influenced by him as far as being a fan of his music yeah. and obviously his piano playing because um, he was kind of a not southern rock because he a session person he played piano and a ton of stuff and he was so cool by the way yeah <laughs> I, he was cool and i, I want to say i recommend, there's, uh, Part of the hall of fame he did he did play live vocally it was rough because he's you know he was a very old man when he did it uh, but he um what was it uh anyway he, he performed a song of his um with uh john mayer on guitar that was uh very good i can't remember the name of the song to save my life though right now um but anyway, so again, he, he kind of broke away. You got, you know, it was a solo act, um, and probably bigger than him was a um, was Glenn Campbell. Yes, the most notable. Uh, yep. You know, he um, like I said, he um, I think what well, Galveston, Wichita lineman. You know, all kinds of hits. Um, again, he was a you know superstar uh, probably by the biggest. Out of this whole group because there wasn't a whole lot of solo like solo careers out of this as far as like of note right because like i said i guess the thing about session guitar not session guitar session session musicians that this uh documentary gets into because i guess this group got popularity because they were so just abundantly like popular they played on so many things Mm -hmm. um but i guess but they didn't get really any of the notoriety Uh, yeah at least not not of the time probably Mm -hmm. since then um in documentaries like this or you know i mean it's well documented now right the the hits these people played on yeah but um but
0: i guess you just didn't like they didn't get
1: really any notoriety for what they did
0: yeah i think that was the biggest thing and i've got a bunch of notes for them too like um a couple things to start off with you said it not they weren't like publicly recognized but they were viewed like within the industry like with reverence like they were a big deal uh inside the the industry another thing i want to start off with is uh Matthew, I don't know that The Wrecking Crew is such a cool name. You you, mean you've talked about this before. What an awesome name. But I don't know it's the coolest name. Um, you know. It, it, so when it comes to The Wrecking Crew, that name wasn't commonly used. Like I think like an, uh, in an interview with one of them, it might have been Hal Blaine, an interview like in the 80s, uh, early 80s, um, he uh, he mentioned that he called them The Wrecking Crew. And then like in his memoir in the 90s, um, he used the wrecking crew. And of course that's the most popular name, but like, uh, one of their early, so another name they have is the click, which I think that's cool. Um, but one of their first like variations of the, of the, the group, uh, in the fifties, they're often called the first call gang. And I don't know, I guess, uh, when you think about what they did and like what they were about, that first call gang is pretty damn cool. You
1: know? Uh, yeah. Uh, cause I guess, cause like I said, cause with them, cause they, you know, but I do out of these 20, 30 people, however many they were, well, these were the top of the top. So they, like so they played, they played together on a lot of, on pretty much a lot of stuff. And I guess they had this vibe, this groove that they just kind of click, you know, they, you know, they click into. They yeah. could have been a band, honestly. Some of course. Because they were, you know, obviously played so much. But, um,
0: well, you know, they said like there was uh, times in this uh, documentary, and I don't remember which ones were saying it, but there was times where like musicians, if they weren't there, uh, like okay, they're they're coming in to do something. And if like they weren't there, it was just like I will wait. Uh, like we're not going to get yeah. this done without the wrecking crew or well, yeah, uh, some yeah. variation. You know, yeah,
1: without members of it. Sure. Yeah, because uh, I do remember that, and um, that's and, cool. And it's it's interesting because like. Maybe getting getting away from they just didn't get the notoriety from it, but it's interesting to know that I guess throughout the '60s and some of the '50s, some of the '70s, mainly the big chunk was in the '60s where a lot of groups and artists, solo artists in general, didn't like play their own instruments, right? Um, you know that I guess we'll maybe get into the kind of what killed the Wrecking Crew as far as sure popularity, but. Excuse um, my chair, people. Go ahead. But um, was the fact that um, I'm trying to think, uh, I lost train of thought was yes. Yeah, so, and again, with this, oh, okay. So it was the the bands that didn't play their own stuff,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where like um, for instance, they talk about the monkeys, yeah, which we've talked about because they were a fictional band for a TV show, right? Called the monkeys. and they, I guess they, in, you know, got the wrecking crew to, uh, members of it anyway, to record the monkeys album. Mm-hmm. And then the, the guys in the TV show were pretty much were given lessons to learn how to play these things, right? the songs, which crazy you know, is wild. Uh, you know, and the others, I guess is not as wild because like a subtle artist, most famous uh, nancy sinatra yep she was she used session uh session musicians. Boots were made for walking. yeah <laughs> this way for walking and another song uh with her and frank sinatra i can't remember the song though but um but uh you know they the solo artists use session musicians yeah but like a group like um uh the mamas and the papas for right. instance which i really like that story because they kind of broke down i guess they they broke down some of the more notable members i guess they were taking part in the interview right um as far as their experience how they got into session stuff all of that general stuff information but then they got into like one of the more notable recordings for Mm -hmm. instance so my favorite story was the mommas and the papas where um this producer had the california dreaming as you know as a song he wrote it and he brought he was going to bring in what turned into the mamas and the papas, you know the I don't know the names. Two guys, two girls. Right. They brought them in to be backup singers, and I think one one producer was talking to the other is like, "You should give these guys a chance. They're really good." Right. And um, so yeah, so again, so it was the mamas and papas where they um, one one producer was telling the others, "You should give these these you know these this group a chance. They're really good." Um, and they got a couple of session musicians. Um, uh, well, a couple of members of the wrecking crew and they went and pretty much recorded California Dreaming like right then and there and uh, through recording, I guess they pretty much were like, okay, this, they need to be given a chance because they are, you know, they, they're really good. I mean, obviously they turned into a huge group. Obviously, moms and papas were humongous back in the day. But, um, I love that story because even it's crazy, even them uh, that just, you know, that group was kind of not really given a chance as far as, well, they were given a chance and they succeeded as far as the, uh, you know, being, uh, being I guess bigger than just backup singers. But, um, how
0: often could that happen in this day and age? You know what I'm saying? Like, because think yeah. of where the mamas and the papas went, uh, like in music and, you know, we're still talking about people we're still talking about them today um and imagine that like that's how they start. And you just don't see that very often that they, and not to get off topic here but that's just like one of the what's it, the christopherson the the one that plays the the singer the you don't know talk about the country singer um uh, yeah that's an actor as well um like he was a janitor uh at a record company where johnny cash uh did his stuff and like apparently johnny always wanted him in there when he's recording and he almost got fired one time um because something was wrong or whatever and he got blamed and uh they told him he can't be in the studio anymore so uh apparently johnny cash went down and got him it was like, Hey, what are you doing? And uh, he was like, I'm doing this or whatever. And he's like, you're not coming down to this, uh, you're not coming up while uh, studio tonight. He's like, no, I don't believe so. I got this to do. And then apparently Johnny Cash is like, well, uh, then I'm not recording until you come down. Basically like tr- trying to be good to him. And which it says a lot about Johnny Cash too. But, but also I say all that to say, like, you just don't hear like, someone working from the there to get to the highest of highs like then you know what i mean uh
1: yeah 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 definitely I, which
0: is a statement about all these in the wrecking crew if you if we're being honest like that's you know even though again we, we've we already hit on it uh the ner- notoriety wasn't there uh as far as like publicly but um, uh, but it's just amazing man and and i just think that that story is really cool um and, uh, and, and one that, uh, I, 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 and we got a lot to cover tonight, but one thing that I love, and I want to say this because I'll forget it. I love how they didn't say, Hey, I'm going to record with Matthew the podcast tonight. Their terminology was, I've got a date with Matthew. I've got a date with this. Oh, yeah. You, yeah did you yeah. pick up on that?
1: Yeah. Um, and, um, so, so I, so with the, um, so again so i mentioned the Mamas and apostles yeah. so kind of another one of i guess one of the more notable stories was they told the story about um at least the first couple of beach boys albums where yes they were Glad touring there. so much uh the beach boys were touring so much that i guess as said by one of the other members uh, i think his name's the al jardine he said this mm-hmm. in the interview but was uh due to so much recording not recording doing so much touring they were not able according to him like the schedules and didn't, didn't meet up um so they uh, so pretty much brian wilson got pretty much members of the wrecking crew to come right. do i want to say their debut album and uh pet sounds yep that's great um so so well at least well pet sounds was the the one they played on with him but anyway um and from my understanding of that story which is obviously probably one of the biggest things they played on was um i guess all of them pretty much had you know resounding reviews for brian wilson for sure like a genius he was you know he pretty much he knew what he wanted um Mm -hmm. for the most part uh um and they talked about um kind of who played on what Uh, you know i think one of the more popular i guess musical parts that he that was credited to one of the record crew members was um carol Kay, the yep. bassist played um the the bass line on uh good vibrations mm-hmm. which is obviously you know a, a humongous song um but like i said so i i i know they talked about another big ones nancy sinatra frank sinatra a um, lot of them,
0: yeah. I, and, and I want to say this, going back to the Beach Boys, I had some notes on that. The uh, couple things: one, uh, if you're familiar with it at all, then you probably already know uh, about Brian Wilson, and you know he's very highly touted for you know being a genius uh, when it comes to uh, and being the obviously the 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 brains, the heart, the soul behind the Beach Boys. Now, I just I did not realize until this documentary though uh, that how instrumental they were and like you said specifically uh, carol k was to the beach boys and uh, their sound uh and i want to say this because i'm going to forget this we've mentioned carol k a couple times probably mentioned her a couple more times tonight um carol k if you see her uh And I obviously I know she was a young lady at some point, but if you see her, it looks like the key, the the piano player in your local church. Like she does not look like she's uh, a musician or uh, of that caliber or, or what have you. She looks like the grandma next door uh that's got plastic on her couch. Uh, you know, that's writing seven dollar checks. Uh she just yeah. uh and then to to find out like, oh no, no this lady's one of the greatest bass uh guitarists guitarists uh that might have ever lived uh is just amazing. Um and you know, but to the list like you said, to listen them talk about the Beach Boys and more specifically Brian Wilson, uh-huh. um, because that cause they basically said and and I'm this is probably common knowledge. I guess I just didn't know this. Basically, Brian Wilson did everything with the Beach Boys, like, uh, you know, the other ones, all they had to really do is show up and, uh, Uh, you know, and sing. Right. Uh, So Brian Wilson basically did everything. Now, the one thing that I've always been on the impression of uh, until I watched this documentary, and it kind of proved me wrong. and maybe it's just obviously we're just going by a couple people's account, but I kind of picture Brian Wilson to be um, a stickler about the, the music and maybe be hard to deal with. And, and maybe he was, maybe wasn't. But on their account, uh, the on the Wrecking Crew documentary, it seemed like they really enjoyed playing with Brian Wilson, that like he like you said, he knew what he wanted. Um, but one thing that was pretty surprising to me uh, that kind of changed my opinion on it was even though he knew what he wanted, and they're talked about how great he was and how he had this great vision. He still allowed them to improvise because he trusted them, uh, the wrecking crew, yeah. uh, with his music and you know with his sound. Um, so basically, like you know, like you mentioned, Carol Kay uh, fixes the good vibrations um, famous line track line or baseline and kind of changed the 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 song um, and hearing her talk about it like because in this documentary if you go back and watch or if you do watch after this um, a lot of times when she's being interviewed it's an older interview and she'll have a bass in her hand or a guitar in her hand and she'll kind of show you like what she's thinking on stuff um, and like her mindset she makes it for an idiot like me who don't know anything about a guitar She makes it understandable, like she'll be like, oh, well, that's just an old jazz uh, trick or that, you know, or that's just this. And then she'll like show you what she's talking about. Here's the jazz thing. And oh, here's good vibrations. And then you're like, oh, I see that, you know. Uh, So I I thought that was really interesting uh, about her. And, you know, another thing I want to say about her, Matthew, is um, and I know you've got some thoughts on her as well. She um, I can't imagine what it was like for her. Um. To uh, I guess be the only chick and we're talking about uh, in a different era um, to be an only chick in a, a group like that. Um, you know she probably she probably dealt with some stuff, but you could t- she must be tough because yeah. this lady raised a couple kids, um, took care. I think of her mom uh, and her kids. And, um, and I'm sure she spent a lot of time, obviously in the studio when you look at all the music they did, but, um, for her to do that. And, and they mentioned on the, on the documentary while they're sitting around that she was just one of the guys, they, they didn't look at her and that, and and that's no disrespect to women. They didn't, they didn't say it like that. They're saying like, basically they didn't look at her as a woman. They just looked at her as another musician. Um, it didn't matter. She's a man or woman. She's just one of them and uh, she's family to them. But um, but I knew she was good. She's probably the most famous one um, to a lot of people, especially over the past fifteen years. She's gotten a lot of notoriety here and there. Um, but uh, but I, I don't know. I just thought it was really cool uh, how um how she come about with this whole thing.
1: Uh, yeah, and you know, I, I think with um, I guess, and what I loved with you know with them, uh, you know, what they was talked about in the documentary was the um i guess people before them were kind of sticklers as far as stressing a certain way being classy and they kind of just came in pretty much like bumpkins with you know hippies t-shirt jeans on and they pretty much well i think a few of them have said they were doing like an album a day right recording an album a day amazing and and they you know so they recorded you know, they were on thousands of recording sessions and, um, I think by the end of the uh, and maybe just kind of give some ideas as far as some of the more popular things they play it on. Not like, um, I do have, to, I would for the end, I'm going to, I would like to read some popular songs. Sure. They, uh, they worked with, uh, Phil Spector, you mm-hmm. know, his, you know that hit. you know, um, Sonny and Cher, the moms and the Papas, Frank Sinatra, Nancy Sinatra, um, they played on the birds, uh, Mr. Tambourine man, the horse, the monkeys and pet sounds. Um, you know, so they were obviously immensely popular and, sure. um, and maybe to kind of get into what kind of made session work at least back at that time kind of die off. What a little bit was, um, I think cause when it got into like the later seventies, a lot of the bands or artists, either started one, wanting to start having their own band mm-hmm. one, they, they toured with and recorded with and other bands just played their own instruments um, so pretty much the kind of you know that 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 peak of the wreck of the, the wrecking crew was back in the 60s and pretty much mid to late 70s it much died off to where they guess they were suddenly doing work and one guy I want to say it was how Blaine said I guess late seventies, he was a, a just work security mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. And wasn't even really a good
0: guitarist. Like, like with, 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 if it's the one I'm thinking of, like at, at the age of, uh, I'm not saying he what he obviously ended up being a great one. I'm saying like, even his early twenties, he's working a regular job and he didn't even, he wasn't even like, a uh, well advanced in his
1: guitar at this time. Well, no, so, so, so that's something else. Okay. So I'm talking about after the wrecking crew, kind of died down in popularity uh, okay, late okay, 70s. Yeah, yeah. He was working security Gotcha. because um, he went through like a bad That's divorce right. and right. he That's was right. like, yeah, he lost a bunch a lot of stuff uh, financially. Um, the other guy you're talking about was Tommy Tedesco That's He said right. that he, you know, he wasn't, I guess, because he was, I guess, after the wrecking crew, he turned into doing more speeches, mm-hmm. more like, presentations and stuff like that, where he pretty much was telling people that i guess he wasn't like a like a phenom or like a a virtuoso Mm -hmm. like you know he didn't he was still like pretty much getting good uh in the in his like mid-20s and he wasn't like you know some you know some 12 year old kid shredding but um but uh you know so so with them i know this documentary and i want to say how blaine released a book that that gained popularity as far as him talking about you know the band and what you know obviously what you know what they consisted of um i know they um played on hundreds of hits
0: top 10 hits uh listen to this i got this in front of me it's 140 top 10 hits and 40 number ones
1: uh, yes, that's, in. um, I do want to read off some of the more popular songs, so not all of them, but, sure. um, so, uh, just, it may take take a little bit, That's but, fine. Uh, Be My Baby, the Ronettes, I Get Around, the Beach Boys, um, You've Lost Out Loving Feeling, The Righteous Brothers, also from Dirty Dancing, I want to say it's yeah, Dirty Dancing, um,
0: is that Dirty Dancing, or is that um, the Tom
1: Cruise, um movie the plane yeah yeah right it was tom cruise and i think it was what um top gun top gun there you go um mr tambourine man as i mentioned uh california dreaming as i mentioned uh i got you babe sunny and share um of course good vibrations a monday monday mamas and the papas river deep mountain high ike and tina turner um uh these boots are made for walking nancy sinatra um uh, San Francisco by Scott McKenzie, which is a popular song that you've mm-hmm. all have known of something stupid. That's the song I was thinking of with Frank and Nancy Sinatra, mm. um, uh, Wichita lineman, you know, Glenn Campbell, Mrs. Robinson, Simon and Garfunkel, um, Galveston, uh, Glenn Campbell, uh, the boxer, Simon and Garfunkel, um, Ridge over troubled water, which is a great song. Uh, um, Simon and Garfunkel. Um, I'm trying to th- look for any more notable ones. Which I mean, and so I guess these are more the more popular songs they played on, but also they p- played on these whole albums. So yeah, it's like so. All of these, um, you know, all of these songs they played on were, like I said, they were. Um. Oh, another one love keep us together rhinestone cowboy um and another one that i guess i didn't think of at the time because p- part of the session work they played on to go with these um you know the, the these songs that were number ones was all of the tv theme songs they were played on. oh man You're like, kidding. i mean as far as all the memorable songs they played like theme songs they were like mash uh mission impossible which you think about you know that theme is still in the movies mm-hmm. I and mean, obviously it's probably been stylized and changed but um carol k played the original you know dun dun dun, dun, dun you know that yep. popular baseline um
0: the uh, i want to say this before you keep going but i want to say Batman this real fast song. uh while well, just to add to that uh and, and keep on going i want to say uh i don't think people understand i didn't that all these that you're saying uh I, like it wasn't just handed to them, hey, play this uh, like they I didn't realize how much they improvised uh, to make these songs what they were. These jingles, these number one hits, like a lot of it was their brains and it wasn't just like, hey, here's the paper. Uh, do this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, yeah, I guess with,
1: with some people like like a Brian Wilson, they sure they obviously pretty much kind of had to play what was what they were told to a degree with some improvising thrown in but yeah they did write. Ru- i guess like write a lot of stuff for these groups and yeah. um so as far as things that they came up with and their like uh contribution to these uh famous songs and tv theme songs is can't be can't be d- denied i would say
0: was it Phil Spector? Uh, who was it that they said uh, because they were like very creative and so good? And I'm and I might be wrong here, but there was an artist who would wear them out for hours uh, because yeah. he wanted them to play what he wanted them to play, like what he had for them to play. He would wear them out for hours and then like to their word down where they're just gonna play <laughs> what he you had. You know what I'm saying? Was that Phil Spector that did that to him?
1: Yeah, they're talking about yeah Phil Spector who. Um, that you know, he pretty much made them play over and over again until uh, I guess he got the sound they wanted out of him, I guess,
0: but which I, was a famous sound, too was it a wall of sound that he's yeah, famous for? I, yeah,
1: where like they said like instead of having like I guess most of these sessions um had like three or four of them playing, yeah, and he had like four guitarists by itself, right? So it was like multiple people doing multiple parts um so that's you know as far as things they went through that's definitely one of those that um working with him was i guess a task
0: yeah it, it, and why so another thing too man and i didn't uh, and again you might have known this i didn't um they're almost uh they're well they're not almost they are i'm not gonna say, say they're first they are one of the pioneers of rock and roll and, I, and that's another thing going back to this documentary, like early on, they're playing rock and roll and because they're getting approached uh, at times and it's just like they were kind of known for. For some of the rock and roll because they were talking there was an early story and i wish i would wrote it down where basically like that someone was like hey i want you to play that rock that rock and roll stuff that you're doing or something like that but essentially one thing that i gained early from this documentary is that like they are some of the pioneers of rock and roll and i had no idea i guess you know you always that's some of the things you associate with an artist like who was doing it you know was it elvis was it this or but like they're one of the ones that kind of uh i guess uh, engineered that sound that you know was rock and roll
1: uh yeah like i said they kind of because i think that's one of the things when they when they were getting popular as a group was they had this they were i mean none of them played rock and roll as far as like a experience wise you know they're all jazz and blues and stuff but they yeah they were just more open to playing that style of music when other guest sessions session musicians weren't willing to, they weren't willing to change their sound. And obviously they, you know, they got popular because of it.
0: Yeah. I thought that was interesting. There was a comment made exactly that, that basically, uh, where they were willing, there was others that, and it wasn't that they couldn't play it, but they felt like that rock and roll at that time was beneath them. You know, did you catch that? Uh, yeah. You know, obviously that,
1: you know obviously they're you know
0: ridiculous but <laughs> it is now but you know but
1: uh, yeah you know but that's what i guess why that that's why that, that's why they got more popular and they you know obviously became famous for what they did and when it came to when, when they started dying off was these other younger session session musicians that had a different sound because you know, because obviously late early six like late 60s was different mm-hmm. than mid 70s style music right and so I, um, you know, so it's one of those things that, you know, they got less popular because they're they just, you know, obviously sound changed.
0: Yeah. Uh, another thing I want to state, like, uh, you know, one thing I, I think, and I think this gets lost uh, when you think, when they're talking about, because they're kind of known as not being recognized, uh, being workhorses, being, um, you know, just just great at what they did, being respected in the industry, but like not being recognized and, and, you know, all that stuff. And they had, and it it says during their peak for like, you know, like Matthew mentioned, like the sixties and seventies, like, I think it was, there was like a 15 or 14 15 year stretch that they call the peak they were working it wasn't uncommon to go 15 hours uh in the studio yeah. um so they were working a lot but one thing that i don't want to get twisted because again and and i'm not diminishing anything about them because nobody's going to respect them more than i do but carol Kay said it best one time she said she makes more than the president at that time. Like she was, they were getting compensated very well for, for what they did. So I, I just, I, I want to throw that in there because sometimes we kind of tend to look at situations like this and think like, man, it should have been them and not this musician or this artist who made it big or it, you know, they should have got this recognition or whatever. Um, well, be that as it may uh they were paid handsomely and uh, and made a lot of money for uh their contributions to music so um you know i did I, I felt like i should throw that in there
1: uh yes definitely and um as far as you know they obviously they they were they did make good money obviously none of them really got writing credits on anything right but um but yeah they were paid good and they that was just kind of the i as say they, as, they, as a lot of them said it was just kind of par for the course you got paid and you left essentially um, and like I said with you know with them I said they got to play on some of the biggest songs and play with like I said Elvis thanks to Natra the Beach Boys and like I said some of the more popular TV shows like I said, I actually got a list here um, like with the Wonder Woman Love Boat uh, the Brady Bunch uh, Hogan's Heroes, Mission Impossible, Hawaii Five-0, um, The Cosby Show, The Bill Cosby Show, not The Cosby Show. Um, <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Yeah, a d- different one. Uh, <laughs> Adam's Family, Green Acres. Um, so they, I guess they got to play on the biggest- Everything. Yeah, they got to play <laughs> on like, yeah, pretty much anything in the 60s they played on. Like I said they played on pretty much the, what they worked with, the most popular- um you know producers and artists and they played on the most popular songs pretty much of the 60s Matthew
0: Um, my my one of my biggest takeaways um that I that I have and and I'll turn it back to you one of my biggest takeaways was their bond um you know like I learned a lot about them I knew a, a little bit about them um and respected him for years, but I learned a lot about him during this documentary. And by the way, I I would just want to make sure you guys know, if you want to check out the documentary, The Wrecking Crew, it's on Peacock. Uh and I'm sure there's other ways yeah. of streaming as well. But um you can stream it on Peacock if you're a subscriber to that. Um and if you got an hour and a half, it's definitely a, a good a good watch. Um but they're bond uh because uh, it, one and like you mentioned earlier, they bounce back from interviews at different times because you could see like even Carol Kay, you would notice that she's a lot younger in one interview than she is in another. Um but there's one that uh, in particular is sitting around a table uh, and it's quite a bit of them and, I, and one of them made the comment like you could tell that it had been a long time since they had been together, uh, but they had so much fun talking uh, and it, it kind of seemed like when you're, you don't see your family um, for a bit and then you there's a holiday, there's Christmas and you get together and you've not seen them in a while and everybody's kind of happy and joking and laughing about things in the past. Um, so you could just tell that they had a really good bond and I'm sure that that probably was the thing that helped them get to where they got the most um, with with that bond, um, yeah, you know, and, and and you can you can finish, uh, but you know, whenever the last thing I did want to ask you uh, before you finish, well, you go ahead, you go, you got anything else? Well, no, them?
1: that was it. I was talking about you know, was, I mean, they played, you know, but the, I mean, they didn't get any credits as far as songwriting, or, right? But they, like I said, played with the biggest artists, the biggest. biggest producers, biggest songs, and. Um, it's definitely a worthwhile story, and so I definitely recommend the documentary.
0: What and last thing I want to hit you with, dude. Um, I, after watching it, and I know you're like me, you had you've got a knowledge of them prior uh, to this uh, podcast, this this uh, watch uh, documentary. Um, but y- you probably learned a lot as I did. What was your biggest takeaway? Like the thing that you remember the most? Like you think of them the most after this documentary?
1: Anything? Uh, I mean, what well, it's just everything they played
0: on. I mean, on like it's still that. Like I said, I. I knew they did. It was still amazing.
1: Yeah. I mean, hearing, you know, the TV theme songs, and then I'll say everything that they, um, you know, they themselves uh, played on as far as the songs and artists. And I you mean, know, ultimately, that's what impresses me the most. It's yeah. not really anything else. Uh, I mean, the story is cool as far as them playing together. And that's obviously led to them being on so many popular songs. Sure. But it's still just the breadth of stuff they were on that was, like I said, so. Yeah, I'd have like to said, agree. very, very, very popular.
0: I, I I will say this too. Uh one thing that I did think about is I wonder how it worked. Um where like because I don't know if you noticed, I'm sure you did. Like they would have like there's there was a couple drummers, there was a couple this, couple that, couple bassists, couple, and I wonder, like, uh was there ever any like uh animosity or anything like that? Or but it didn't seem like it. It seemed like they were all and I'm sure there's so much going on that they, there was plenty to go around. Um, but I, that was something in the back of my head that I did think about, like, Hmm, I wonder how it worked with these two, uh, you know, but, uh, nonetheless, man, I, I would definitely recommend this to anyone. It was a very good watch. Um, and I promise you, you'll respect them even more. Uh, if you didn't know about them, you'll learn a lot. Um, cause as I did, but uh, even if you did, you'll learn a lot and you'll have this, this new appreciation and, um, uh, for them matthew last thing i'll say about it uh question for you why do you think that uh this isn't as prevalent today as it was during that time like this this big studio uh these all these studio musicians doing what they're doing
1: or is it we just don't know it well i'll say it is popular i mean because there's more people now making music than any than ever okay. honestly uh i think it was you know as far as i mean there's probably not like I mean, there. I think since there is so many artists, it's probably not as like. Oh, I play like they played on hundreds of top hit, like top forty hits, or hundreds right. of them. That's not happening nowadays. Sure, like one person or even a ten people aren't playing on like hundreds of top forty hits. That's that's not a thing anymore. Right. But what is a thing? I would say is off session work is still you know hugely popular. I mean, there's. I mean, if you, I mean, like, um, someone that came after the, after the wrecking crew was, uh, he's, he's popular internet popular now. Cause he has his own YouTube channel and he's obviously very good. You know, I, I don't know if he's still sessions or not. He's an older gentleman. I want to say, say his name is Tim Pierce. He's a session session guitarist. Right. Um, most famously he played on, um, he played on, um, I can't remember the name of the song now, but it's, don't uh, don't say it's over. The '80s song, uh, "Hey Now, Hey Now." Oh, um, he played on that song, "Simple Minds." I think was the group. Yeah, there you go. Um, he played on um, good song. He played on "Iris" the Goo Goo Dolls. Really? Yep. He played uh, on um, "You'll Be in My Heart" with Phil Collins. So uh, he's a session wow. session artist. Came after That's that. Cool. So there's definitely still people that do that. Yeah. Um, but playing on all these top hits, definitely not, not a thing at all.
0: It, I well, say. I, and I, it's another day, but I just want to say when you, when you said, um, the simple plan song, uh, uh simple, Minds, excuse me, yep. uh, that, that song. And then you said Google Goo dolls, like that seemed like a 40 year jump, like the, the, the uh, change yeah. in music, but we're only talking about 10 or 12 years, yeah, but doesn't that seem like, that 10 or 12 years music changed more than any, uh, like in, in my mind, I guess I feel like from the eighties and nineties was a bigger change than probably any uh, decade that I could think of.
1: So let me say, uh, I, I pulled him up on Wikipedia. Okay. It, it is Tim Pierce, but it's crowded house. Don't dream. It's over. There you go. That's it. And he also played, um, the bridge guitar part on black or white, Michael really? Jackson. Uh, yeah. He also played on runaway with Bon Jovi. Nice. Um, so I think I also make a correction. So I don't know where this was, but, uh, this Tim Pierce, guy, um, like I said, he, um, like I said, he played on, uh, Jesse's girl with Rick Springfield. Oh yeah. He played on Crow- crowded house was don't dream It's over. That's all. That's the song. Um, he played the mandolins and slide guitar on the Iris, the Google doll song, um, the rhythm guitar part during the bridge, um, which is black or white. Um, and uh he played on a runaway by bon jo- john bon jovi um that's so, again, so cool as far as like yeah so someone that, so it's still going on yeah so it's still going on uh i think nowadays since it is so many people putting out music and uh it's probably not as like i mean there's are obvious people making a living doing it still but yeah it's not like they played on hundreds of top hits. Well,
0: you know, that's not a thing. I would say. Well, I would say a couple of things. One, I would say probably, and I, this is coming from someone who don't know anything about it. Technology has probably changed the way it works because, like you know, those people were there, like at a at a. Studio, record studio, like, you know, yeah. under contract, making money, uh, and you know, when, when somebody comes in there, whereas now, like, you know, a studio can be anywhere, you know, like, yeah. it's just technology's changed where, um, heck, you can have uh, amp for your phone and, and, and do something or a computer. But um, the other thing I, I do want to say, like, you're talking about Iris, uh, Google dolls. Um, and I just mentioned, like, uh, you know, that is a, to me from that 10 12 years stretch music's changed so much we'll talk about that later but crazy thing about that i heard this a couple years ago um you know obviously google dolls is on top of the world during this period uh, big one of the bigger bands in the world at that time with that stuff and times have changed of course nothing lasts forever but i had heard where someone went to a concert a google dolls concert and this i forgot who was telling the story but it was in indiana and i want to say it was like at the fairgrounds or something but they went to a concert and Essentially, they said it was so bad that uh, Google dolls told everybody like, hey, don't leave. We're going to play Iris at the end. And I was like, man and i'm not saying that to pick on him. i'm saying that's so sad like that this song was so huge and i don't have the stats in front of me but i can promise you if you don't remember it uh you've heard it a and b uh if you're around if you weren't around then this song was massive um uh, but anyways that's crazy but yeah i would say obviously get back to it the, the technology is probably the biggest change and all that um you know whereas uh it's just things have changed the way music is but I, I i don't know i think that's cool and there and you've like you said you've got the pierce guy and there's probably plenty more i'm sure you go to the major studios um and w- where they are um like go out to west coast where some of those uh uh Bigger ones are I, I guarantee you there's people there that uh, do just what the wrecking crew did and and it might not be where all the music's coming through all the big acts are coming through that one place like the wrecking crew was fortunate enough to have where they worked on so many great things. But um, but, you know, it's it's still a thing, man, I, I enjoyed this documentary. Um, I'll definitely go back and probably watch it again after some time. Um, it's a fun one to watch. Um, you can kind of put it on and, and, uh, tune in, tune out, tune back in. If you're doing something, um, it's just very informative. And, and again, I just, I'd recommend it to, to anybody. Um, one of my favorite watches in a while. Um, Matthew, any last words on it? Uh, nope, just recommend it to watch. Yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, with that said, man, have you got any recommendations? Anything cool this week? Uh, nope. <laughs> no, no new music. Nothing no. Well, I have something for you, my friend. Um, I want to talk about before we get off here. Um, a couple things. Massive Waggons. Uh, you know, I like that band. They re-released uh, their uh, "Welcome to the World" album, which I cannot remember what year that came out. Oh, that came out 2016. Excuse me. They re-released it. Um, and it's probably one of the because uh, f- I haven't really liked any of their stuff in a while. They had a, a, a song within the last couple of years they put out that I actually liked, but uh, they've kind of changed on me and I just just not me anymore. But this was a good album. Uh, I went and checked it out, the re-release this week. Um, and the only thing I didn't get is there's some s- different stuff but you can't really notice it. Like I didn't notice at all. I was talking to a friend uh, who's also a a massive wagons uh, fan, which he's kind of off the bandwagon too. But, um, he's like, are you kidding me? There's it's very different. Uh, and I'm like, I don't hear it. And then he points stuff out. And of course I do then like, there's a one, the one song I really like off that album, it ends with acoustic. Um, so i did catch that the second go around but anyways they re-released that uh whatever uh dolly parton put out a deluxe to uh her rockstar album um so i don't know what changed on that but i just wanted to give you guys the skinny uh she did put out uh, that which i think on this one, she has some stuff. Oh, uh, like, you know, the band is it main skin or whatever, maniskin, Ma- yeah. maniskin. Yeah, she does Jolene with maniskin. Uh, so I can only imagine what that sounds like. Um, but uh, but if you want to imagine that's something for you to check out at home. Um, what else was it? I had one for you. Oh, I know what it was, man. Um, Santa Cruz put out uh, another song, I think it's called uh, modern day madman um and they just put out i think they just put out uh and they prayed on my downfall uh, within the last month or so but maybe maybe it came out friday too i, I can't remember but um i just want to say this did you see where uh santa cruz put that out uh yeah i did see that yeah okay um so i like santa cruz um i'm a big fan of archie cruz um i think you know he's young he's very talented good singer good guitarist um, they're a foreign rock band, if, uh, if you never heard of them and you probably have it, um, but man, they are going in another direction it's so weird. Like, I don't even know, like, this isn't like, uh, they're a sleaze rock band, uh, moder- um, modeled after the eighties, um, as a lot of foreign rock bands are these days. But this stuff like sounds like a Rob Zombie song or something. Like it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even sound like him singing. The music is just so like uh, neo prog rock or whatever you call it, new metalish or something. Um, yeah. I hated it. Um, I'll say that I hated it. And uh, if you, uh, I'd love to. If someone disagrees, I'd love to hear it. Um, but uh, but again, I just I'm not a fan. I hate the direction that. Uh, that Santa Cruz is going and I am just going to get that off my chest on this podcast that I am not a fan of, um, of where it's going, man. So anyways, um, I think that's it for me, man. I, I believe that's it. I, uh, don't have any more. Um, but uh, this was a fun one, dude. I really enjoyed this. Um, before we get going, you got us some homework for next week. Uh, yes. So to
1: touch on briefly, um, homework, um, we i figured we can um listen to one of our dearly dearly beloved bands Uh, i think for me one of those bands that really not started sleaze but one that kind of like an entryway so i do recommend this group okay uh so what we should listen to is reckless love Ooh, i like it who they uh judging by your enthusiasm you may not have read what i sent you um where um the lead singer named ollie Mm -hmm. Herman. uh he um pretty much became the the lead singer of a popular swedish group yep like or finnish groups like i guess they're like a like a legendary group over there so they're not they're like they're really popular yeah they're not really popular pretty much in the states
0: no because they sing in that language too
1: yeah so because i've noticed all of his pr has been pretty much in finnish mm. um anyway he's joined that group and reckless love is pretty much on hiatus mm-hmm. um so and the drummer third drummer left, left the group too but uh anyway the group's on hiatus until i do further notice
0: until he so, stops doing this bullcrap yeah until
1: he <laughs> i think the group's like papa 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 doe papa Dia or something yeah um so anyway, yeah so we'll uh figured we'll listen to reckless love as homework for the again the newly um
0: deceased well yeah
1: short, you know short deceased well
0: I, let's hope so years. um you know obviously um it's a big deal for him and they're joining this this group but um Uh, I, you know, if you, I'm not happy about it, like selfishly. uh, And like I said, if you've never heard of them, they're, Mm -hmm. they're really huge over there, but, uh, they sing in their native language. Um, so it's kind of hard to understand. Um, and it's just not my cup of tea. Um, I've heard them before I've heard of them, excuse me. Um, but anyways, um, let's hope that this, he has fun and he comes back and puts out many more reckless love albums. Mm -hmm. Um, Matthew, you got any assignments or any uh, any good topics for us next week? Anything off your head? Uh, not yet, no. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to uh, leave that as a teaser for you guys. We'll have a new topic next week, something really good, but um, we will not tell you. Uh, you'll have to tune in to listen. So you know what our homework is. We're going to listen to Reckless Love. We'll have a great topic for you again. And um, just appreciate you guys listening as always. Love you guys. Peace. See
1: you.